Good morning and welcome to our service of morning prayer this morning, the the, uh, 10th of May, which is the fifth Sunday of Easter. Um, Our service today comes from Burnham Overy Town, St Clement's, and if you want to see a visual, the Gospel and the Sermon are available on both Facebook and also YouTube as a video. Our service begins with some introductory music. Uh, performed by our organist, Clive. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you, and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. We've come together this morning in the name of Christ to offer our praise and thanksgiving, to hear and receive God's holy word, to pray for the needs of the world, and to seek the forgiveness of our sins, that by the power of the Holy Spirit we may give ourselves to the service of God. And so we join together in the words of the Confession. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour, in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Collect for today, the fifth Sunday of Easter. Almighty God, who through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, have overcome death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life, grant 
that as by your grace going before us, you put into our minds good desires, so by your continual help we may bring them to good effect. Through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, who is alive and reigns with you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading is taken from Genesis chapter 8, verses 1 to 19. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and all the domestic animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed the rain from the heavens was restrained, and the waters gradually receded from the earth. At the end of 150 days, the waters had abated, and in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of that month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to abate until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains appeared. At the end of forty days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent out the raven. And it went to and fro until the waters were dried from the earth. Then he sent out the dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set its foot, and it returned to him in the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took it, and brought it into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent out the dove from the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent out the dove, and it did not return to him any more. In the six hundred and first year, in the first month, on the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark, and looked and saw the face of the ground was drying. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dry. Then God said to Noah, Go out of the ark, you and your wife, and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives, and every animal, every creeping thing and every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out of the ark by families. The second reading is taken from Acts chapter 7. Standing before the high priest and the council, Stephen, filled with the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. 
Look, he said, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears and with a loud shout all rushed together against him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him and the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he died. Our gradual hymn this morning is Be Thou My Vision. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to John, Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going? Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. This is the Gospel of Christ. May I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I forget now from where we were returning, but there we were, Michaela and I at the luggage carousel in Heathrow. Now, Michaela was young, successful, and one of my brightest people. She had a taste for the good life, arts, culture, good restaurants, and carver. And suddenly, that day, into the tedium of waiting for bags, she said, I wish I had your faith. I uh, looked at my watch, as if to say, we haven't been waiting all that long, you know. But then, looking at her more carefully, I deduced that she was not anxious about her Louis Vuitton, but was worried about why she did not, or could not, 
believe in God while I did. What I have remembered about her remark is that sentiment, I wish. To my mind, it is an odd construction. For if faith was something really wished for, surely there is no impediment to just believing. Or is there? We meet Philip almost exclusively through St John's Gospel. His calling is recorded in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark and Luke, but no more is he mentioned by them after that. The advantage, then, is that we have a consistent account of Philip's life with Jesus in the Gospel of John. It begins in chapter 1. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses in the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. And so we see that Philip took Nathanael to Jesus. Philip was there at the feeding of the 5,000. Indeed, Jesus asked Philip the question, Philip, where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? And he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. Yet, as we know, Philip helped gather up the fragments of leftover bread into twelve baskets. In chapter 12, we find Philip once again helping people find Jesus. Now, among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and then Andrew went and told Jesus. And so it was Philip, then, who brought Gentiles to Jesus. And yet, after all this witness, we come at last to today's reading. It takes place very shortly before the final Passover meal. So some three years of following Jesus is behind him when Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. No wonder there seems to be a tone of exasperation in Jesus' voice. Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? In recent days I have spoken to people who have found their faith shaken by recent events. This, of course, is way deeper than Michaela musing over the luggage. In the face of plague, and surely this is the right word, in the face of so many bad things which we might choose to hold up in support of doubt or disbelief. It is really unsurprising. What can we say in the face of such disaster? Well, I want to offer two things. Firstly, I remain convinced of God's love for us, and convinced too in those gifts of inventiveness and creativity which he has given us. I know that the minds we have been given are from God and are capable beyond all our expectations and they will be purposefully 
turn to the searches for prevention, treatment and cure of this disease. And I trust in these things. And secondly, I think Philip's doubt and search for proof should be an encouragement to us all. If Philip, who was with Jesus, who experienced all that, can still say, but only show us the Father and we will believe, then let us not be too hard on ourselves. When in the face of extreme adversity, we find ourselves cross or wavering. Amen. We affirm our faith together in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Let us thank God for his goodness to us. Heavenly Father, we pray for your church in all the world, for our archbishops and all our bishops, and every church leader. May they prayerfully lead us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, as we begin to ease the restrictions with which we are living, let us be sensitive to those who are worried, who are anxious for their safety. Help us to learn to live together with a variety of approaches and the fullness of understanding, caring most especially for all of our neighbours, young and old alike. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray that you continue to give doctors and nurses the stamina they need, the stamina they need to cope with the additional pressures of this disease, and also that alertness they need to remain in a state of readiness for any emergencies that may occur. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we bring before you all who we know to be ill, and we think at this time, among those who are known to us, of John Burgess, Jess Townsend and 
young Mason. Be with them, Lord. Let them know your healing and your presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father above, help us to be confident in your promise of eternal life, that we may be assured that those we love but who we see no more are with you in your house, in the place, in the room that you have prepared for them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for the deliverance of the nations from the Second World War. Let us so behave that never shall such conflicts be even contemplated again. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we come to our blessing. May the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus, establish, strengthen and settle you in the faith. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Our recessional music this morning is a recording made by my friends in the Bedfordshire Flute Academy. <laughs>